Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guests. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Ready. Here we go. It is now, and it is game day. It is Nico Iamaleva also talking to the media. So a huge, huge day. We've got Josh Ward of the Sports Animal. He'll join us. Also, my one biggest concern about this FAU game that I just can't get out of my head. And also, and Nico and Joe Milton got a little dissed by ESPN. Barely made the top 10 in their power rankings for quarterbacks. Good morning to you and yours. Fill up the message board. It's game day. Go ahead and give us predictions of what you think will happen uh, the game tonight in Madison Square Garden. That's kind of lost, I think, for some people younger than me. I mean, that's Madison Square Garden. Uh, it's pretty awesome. Right up there with the Boston Garden, right up there with the old Forum. That's a, a pretty darn cool place to play. And it is game day again. That three-day break that the tournament takes, uh, Caleb always seems to go by so slow. I'm ready to get rolling again. How are you, sir? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm well. I mean, like, like I said, I mean, if there's a way that guys didn't need rest and that they could just uh, play right into the Sweet 16 and let's do this whole thing in like 10 straight days, 10 consecutive days, I would be for that. But I don't think the players would, you? No, no, I, I agree. I think that'd be um, – if, if there was a players union, they wouldn't go for that. But, I mean, hey, if you got to go to Madison Square Garden, I don't know. I, I think that might be a little different. I'm with you. I don't know how many – how many people in Gen Z understand the lore of Madison Square Garden? Like, I mean, I remember the people in my generation actually even do, to be honest with you. Uh, well, I mean, I, I I get the lore and I'm a millennial, so I'd assume your people did. Because, look, during the Michael Jordan years, like, Michael your Jordan people. still was, like, it was your still like. people, he says. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, whatever. It was still <laughs> kind of a thing when he was balling at the Garden back in the 90s. And so that kind of stood out. There's a little bit of history. There's uh, the, for people who don't know, the garden has been on. There's about like five different places where Madison Square Garden has been over the course of New York City history. I went at different blocks. Really? And, yeah, this is one of the newer ones. Um, and so uh, it, there is something that is really there. There's an allure there that I think stands out. I, I have a I have a huge love day for old arenas and stadiums and sites for arenas and. And so I think that's one of the things that really that, – that, that's a weird thing of mine. I like to go to places where an old stadium stood and just be like – it feels a little surreal sometimes. Good morning, Bob. Uh, good morning, Travis. Uh, the consensus being on the message board that ESPN basically hates Tennessee. But I don't know that that's true. They hire a ton of people from Tennessee, so I'm not going to go that far. But – I. I'm not going to say ESPN hates Tennessee. I, I do think um, ESPN, I, I think that Tennessee fans, and rightly so, are very uh, reactionary, and I love it. It's not like UCLA where you hope your team wins nine games. At Tennessee, you, you hope they win nine. When they win 11, what do you expect the next year? You expect 11. 
So, I mean, I love it. I love that about uh, Tennessee fans. I don't think there's necessarily a bias other than I think they accidentally made a bias against Peyton Manning, which I will argue all day long. And they tried to make a race out of that in 1997. So it is today's tough question. And it is now today's tough question today brought to you by friends at Bassey Lawn and Garden. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Bassey Lawn and Garden brings you today's tough question. Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. Bassy Lawn and Garden Man Alive. It's worth the drive right there in Cleveland. Industrial mowers, yes. Commercial mowers, yes. They've got it all. And it's worth the drive from Knoxville, Nashville, or Chattanooga. The pregame conversation that we've had a lot of fun with, and judging by your clicks on our YouTube channel, you've enjoyed it as well. But the pregame conversation has revolved, Caleb, around Tennessee was so physical. That was rugby. That was more football. Uh, Duke got robbed because the officials didn't make calls. And now you have FAU saying that Tennessee is a very – physical team my question to you is for today's tough question will all of that talk affect the game i want to hear from you on the message board and here's my backdrop for this caleb i believe there have been times you and i both like the nba i believe there have been times where in between games that coaches have been able to influence the refs and put the spotlight on the refs You're in Madison Square Garden tonight. All the bright lights are on. Frank Sinatra might as well be in the stands. And the refs have the spotlight on them, not to let this get too physical. I'm concerned that Tennessee, this is my one concern about this game. Otherwise, I like Tennessee to win, is there's a backlash and it goes back the other way in which the refs call it too close that's what concerns me and i think fau is a more finesse team and that would really hurt tennessee caleb what say you sir i think it's possible i think it's possible i also think it's possible refs because you see this get really annoyed when they when people see they're trying to work them and then they go extra level the next the next weekend just to throw the middle finger to everybody that was doing that i'll say this the way florida atlantic was talking all week i think they're trying to work the refs when you have head coach Dusty May saying we got to play Australian rugby and then Florida Atlantic center yesterday, Vladislav Golden says that he did a very good job on that <laughs> says that they can play dirty to, at times after that Dusty May comes out the Florida Atlantic coach and says, when I said Australian rugby rules, that was a compliment. No one bro. No, it wasn't. You were throwing a shot. And if it was a compliment, it wouldn't have filtered to one of your players calling Tennessee dirty. And- no, and and sometimes a collaboration of those comments will tell you what's actually happening in the locker room and the meeting rooms. And for that to come out of two different sources, probably a third or fourth, we're not in New York City to cover it, but for that to come out of that many sources means that's the mantra, that's the mindset heading in, is that, hey, this team wants to beat the H out of us, and we're going to have to offset that and hopefully – the refs will too. Uh, Billy says trash talk doesn't win games, but that's my concern, Billy. I'm going to make this this argument. And again, guys on the message board, tell me if I'm crazy, but my concern is, Caleb, that 
this the the refs will be affected. Trash talk doesn't win games, but the way FA I, I think it was very orchestrated. The way FAU said the things they said over the past 24 to 48 hours almost had a woe is me feel to it. Does that make sense? Like, oh man, I hope we can go hang with these Australian rugby guys. No, that's exactly what it is. That's how I felt too. I think <laughs> there's another layer though. Could, could this backfire? I totally disagree with the idea that trash talk doesn't win games. No, no. Anybody had studied Michael Jordan and Larry Bird, they and, and even Reggie Miller, they purposely trash talked to get inside your heads. They were they were Muhammad Ali is the prime example of this. These guys talk the most trash possible specifically to throw you off your game. Now, Florida Atlantic, I think, is doing the opposite. They're trying to talk trash to work the refs. I think they inadvertently have Tennessee mad about this game. It was very possible Tennessee would be thinking about who they'd rather face in the Elite Eight. Oh, so a reaction that could help Tennessee. So if today's tough question is a pregame hurt or help Tennessee, please hit that like button that if you haven't subscribed yet, but definitely the thumbs up. Okay, so could the reaction – okay, I'm going to ask you this. Does the public outcry about Tennessee's play against Duke help or hurt the balls in this game? I think it helps the balls. I think they're going to be – here's what I think Tennessee's going to do tonight. I think they're really annoyed with the way this has been – they're a mentally tough veteran team. They're really annoyed with the way they've been portrayed. So what they're going to do is saying, oh, you want to consider us dirty? We'll show you dirty. And they may get some fouls, but I bet a few more hard fouls happen tonight. I think of the Bad Boy Pistons. When they were first called the Bad Boy Pistons, they were annoyed by it. I watched the documentary because they're like, we just play tough basketball the way the Celtics do, but they're calling us bad boys. And they're like, oh, you're going to give us that moniker? All right, we're going to embrace it then. And you're going to fear playing us now. Okay, so I will take the other side and not just – for the sake of debate, but I will take the other side. I think that the refs will call it closer. Travis says the heat is on the refs. They hear the same stuff we do. They will call a very conservative game. And I think that hurts Tennessee because that was a perfect storm against Duke. Not only did Tennessee play physical, but they played a pretty physical team. So that was offset and they played a team without as much depth. FAU is about the opposite, Caleb. I mean, they've got a lot of depth, so they're not going to win that game in terms of if the fouls are completely equal. I don't know. I just got I got a feeling we're going to see in the first five minutes a weird call. I hope I'm wrong, but I, I have a feeling we'll see a weird call against the balls. That might actually happen. And and look, they might call the game tighter. I still think Tennessee could get the edge because even if they call the game tighter, I think Tennessee is going to have a few fouls tonight that are going to be a lot harder than the fouls they threw against Duke. Like they're going to be like, you want to see hard fouls? You'll want hard fouls? We'll give you hard fouls. And I think that's going to rattle Florida Atlantic just a tidbit much where even if the game is called tighter, they're not going to be as finesse as they typically are because they're going to be Tennessee's going to be in their heads from those hard fouls, which I'm loving the matchup. Uros Plavchik from Serbia and Golden from Russia to Eastern Europeans. They both play the same position. I just want to see them duke it out under the basket tonight. I just want to see I, – I, I want to see a fight tonight. That's what I want. i tell you what they ought to do. Instead of uh, a tip-off, do that slap thing that Dana White's trying to bring over from Russia. Did you – have you you've seen no, that? I don't know that. What are they doing? You stand at the table and you slap the one guy as hard as you can and then he slaps you back and the first one to get knocked out loses. That's what they should do 
for the first possession instead of a tip. Oh, that's that would be interesting. <laughs> that would be interesting. So what's like, you know, we always have these these things like what country's tougher, Serbia or Russia? Those are two tough countries where if you come from there and you're playing basketball over here, those aren't people to mess with. Uh yeah, I agree. Um and now it may have Russia and China. We'll see. Portions of the program brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning, cityheatandair.com. Integrity matters. That is City Heating and Air Conditioning, cityheatandair.com. And your unit may not need to be replaced, may just need a part or something like that. That's what you'll get from City Heating and Air Conditioning, cityheatandair.com. So a little bit later in the program, We'll be joined by uh, Josh Ward and looking forward to that. And also, this is the uh, first day that a young man named Nico Iamaleava will visit with the media. At least that's what we're told. Those things are always subject to change. But um, And I want to talk about him more when we get to quarterbacks and how ESPN barely had Tennessee's quarterback room inside the top 10. But... Is Nico right now the perfect the, the perfect prospect? He recruited heavily for Tennessee. He made an early decision for Tennessee. His ranking speaks for itself. He's a midterm guy. Everything we hear from Jacob and Coop is that he's a fine young man, respectful. Everything I hear off the record, and I would have been the one to tell you that Jeremy Pruitt wasn't going to work out, Butch Jones wasn't going to work out. People didn't want to hear that, but I, I knew it pretty early. Not saying Nico will work out, but off the record, I hear great stuff about Nico. I mean, to this point, he visits with the media. Is he kind of the the perfect prospect to this point, Caleb? Yeah, it's everything. I mean, <laughs> his, his physical stature he was already already had him created in a lab, like I've talked about for Josh Heifel's system. But then, on top of that, you can't ask for anything better for how the recruitment has gone with him. Um, I think that one of the big things is that. Even though you expect him to start by the end of September, I think I, I I don't know yet. I don't know how that's going to play out, but I will say that I don't think Nico has just accepted the backup role. I've I've heard reports that it's not like he's going to transfer if he is Joe Milton's backup, but he's coming for the job, which is the mentality you want to have in a backup quarterback or in a newcomer, and so that's a big deal. Which is, I mean that that's even something that's different from like what Arch Manning is doing or what Peyton Manning did. You know, Peyton wanted to redshirt when he came to Tennessee in 1994. He didn't want to start that first year. And Nico is the guy that says, no, I want to start this year. I may not win the job, but I'm going to try to win the job. <laughs> and that's, that, that's a huge, that is a huge positive for Tennessee. Because even if he doesn't win the job, again, it's not like he's going to transfer because he lost the job because Joe Milton's gone after this year anyway, and he's going to, be in Josh Heifel's system so he's fine they're going to work out fine but I think you do want that mentality from your freshman quarterback who's your future star I think he has the balance right now between desire wanting the job and being respectful of Joe Milton so I don't think that he has to win it to be happy but I don't think he's just going to throw in the towel and say hey that's a senior I'll just wait as a matter of fact I'm not calling out any names, but I think that Tennessee had some quarterbacks fairly recently that did that, that expected to have a warm-up year, so to speak, and they would be able to then step in the starting role. I think you got to expect a start, um, but if you don't, 
I think he has the right mindset again from everybody I talk to that he'll be fine with it. Travis says DraftKings has Joe Milton fourth on the Heisman list behind uh, Penix and who was actually committed to Tennessee at one point. Yeah, and, and listen, uh, people on here think that I don't like Joe Milton. That is not the case, okay? But I just I like Nico's upside. The fact that he showed up six six. I mean, he, he even grew an inch for his scholarship and for that nil money. <laughs> so it's like, I appreciate the cash so much. I'll grow an inch. How about that? Um, but he's a solid six six. I'm told. So the listen, if I'm Joe Milton. I'm uber motivated. I'm not struggling for motivation right now, Caleb, for two reasons. One, I see what happened with Anthony Richardson. He could do that, and he's bigger. And two, I got a guy named Nico that is going to push me. I I, I think Joe Milton's in a perfect spot to dictate his his future and his future earnings. Yeah, this is actually all on him, and it's it's a question of mental toughness at that point. But you want to you want to test your quarterback's mental toughness because you need that on the field. Is Joe Milton going to rattle under this type of pressure or is it going to make him perform better? And that'll tell us a lot about him. I think of, I think 2004, I will never forget. I've never, ever forgotten this. When Eric Ainge and Brent Schaefer both committed to Tennessee, I know that they were high on Brian Brom and Brian Brom was high on them. And I have always suspected Brian Brom committed to Louisville because he was scared of competing with Ainge and Schaefer for a starting job. And that was the first telling sign to me that that guy was never going to be an NFL quarterback at that point. Because maybe he was scared of Brent Schaefer and a baseball bat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he was not. I I remember watching tape of him and Ainge, and he was not as good as Ainge. Schaefer or Braum? Sorry, uh, Braum. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, Schaefer wasn't either. No, he wasn't. I mean, Schaefer was probably about 10 years early and some maturity points shy of having a real impact uh, to his uh, financial future. So uh, I wanted to look at this Heisman list. Caleb Williams is a plus 500. That means you. Be- it's basically a five to one. Florida State quarterback Jordan Travis is plus 1,000. Drake May is a plus 1,200. Washington quarterback Michael Penix Jr. And Oregon quarterback Bo Nix plus 1,400. Uh, so Milton is at plus eighteen hundred. I now listen, guys on the message board. You play the no respect card a lot. I think that's really respectful to have a guy that's coming into his senior year that lost his job two years ago to be even in the conversation with. That's according to DraftKings. I think that's pretty respectful. You? Oh, I absolutely do. I'm also trying to think of when was the last Heisman favorite, like season-long Heisman favorite, to actually win it? Was it Tim Tebow 07? Maybe. Yeah, that's about the best I could do. Yeah, because I, I feel you like – You never win it. You never win it in September. You don't even win it in October. I mean, that was the case this past year. No, and as a matter of fact, a lot of times someone emerges out of nowhere in November to do it. I mean, RG3 and Andrew Luck, I remember – Andrew Luck had outplayed RG3 the whole season, but RG3 had an amazing November with Baylor that last month, and that got him the Heisman. Man, I'm thinking hard here, Caleb. I can't remember a guy that's led for the duration the, um, other than Tebow. I mean, I don't know of another guy, and, and Tebow you thought was certainly going to win it because he played a backup role in a national championship the year before. But I mean, Joe Milton to be listed – and the top 10 or even be listed at all, I think is great respect for Tennessee's program. Um, were you surprised to see him on there at all? 
I wasn't surprised to see him on there at all, but I was surprised at like top six or top five. I, I will say that was a little shocking. I think that part of these odds are based on they're partially based on what he did in the Orange Bowl, but they're also just partially based on faith in Heupel. I think we've seen enough where look, Heupel draws up plays. It's for those who don't know the offense, it's insane to see how easy it is. If you're not actually watching the 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 uh, trips on the outside, you're shocked at how receivers are so easily open down the field and how they beat their man so easily. I mean, it, the, the offense is just designed for you to be able to hit at least like three deep balls for touchdowns a game. And that's if you don't have an accurate arm. wonder what kind of odds you could get. I mean, he's not going to win it as a freshman. What kind of odds could you get on Nico? I don't know, but I wonder if there's futures odds you could get where you could bet on him in 2024. Let's take a look at that, Caleb Calhoun, because Nico is just about to explode onto the scene as he'll visit with the media today. CraftTreats.com. Go to CraftTreats.com for your pet, and they've got the CBD-infused pet treats that will help with your pet's digestive issues. They'll help with uh, your pet's arthritis and also help with your pet's anxiety, social anxiety or car anxiety. I go to crafttreats.com, use the promo code off the hook. That's off the hook. Get 20% off any of their fine offerings at crafttreats.com. You know something that's weird about pets is they can tell the difference between a real storm and I'll play this little noise thing at night that makes like a thunderstorm. Have you ever noticed that before? That pets can tell the difference between a real storm and your phone making storm noises. That wouldn't shock me at all, to be honest. Like, pets, you, pets use their senses differently than we do. So I bet they can smell, like, the air, the change in the air quality. The, the smell of that helps with the storm. And there are certain vibrations with storms. I think that's what that is. Yeah, you're probably right. Maybe I should be less impressed with my little mutt dog. Two minutes. Josh Ward, stay tuned. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker off Doug Sports family has been creating jewelry since 1986 each piece unique with a story all its own i'm rick terry with rick terry jewelry designs i'm a jeweler and i want to be your jeweler we're grateful that you chose us to be knoxville's best jeweler my family and staff look forward to serving you so please come see us kingston pike and campbell station road in the heart of farragut and downtown on gay street right next to the tennessee theater Inflation has risen to the highest level in over 40 years, according to the April 2022 U.S. Inflation Calculator. Will your investments provide you the income you need in retirement? Are you losing purchasing power of your savings due to inflation? Simply stated, if the cost of goods and services are 8% higher and you're only earning 4% in your investments, that money buys you less of what you need. Right now is the time to act. Call Guardian Investment Advisors today. Hey folks, Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli-style subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. 
We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. There's repair. Chattanooga, we're at it again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us best of the best criminal and DUI law firm. And finalists for best law firm and best personal injury firm. Thank you for the love, Chattanooga. We won't let you down. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasty Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasty, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at CCTIs.com. A college football tradition like no other. Yes, sirree, boys and girls. Or the guy that just won't leave. Wow, that is sad. The Dave Hooker Show, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Back to Dave Hooker. Let's go ahead and bring Josh Ward in right now. Rebecca saying that she got her craft treats. They are great. That is awesome. Appreciate that. Josh Ward joins us now. Josh, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Doing great. I don't recall you ever having a pet. You ever had a pet? I did as a kid. Uh, as an adult, uh, I have three kids, so they're <laughs> kind of classified that way, but uh, no official pets. We have a battery-operated pet, and we're going to keep it that way for a while. If Josh decides to go to crafttreats.com to give his young wild children some CBD-infused craft treats, pet treats, then... Max would just, gobble them up, I promise. He, he would, just used the, promo co- used the <laughs> promo code off the hook, and you get 20% off. How about that? Yeah, I might take Max by there this afternoon. <laughs> there you go. Hey, and some love for Josh. Ward is the best. Top of the game. There you go. Grand- I agree. I endorse that endorsement. <laughs> I endorse the endorsement for me. And uh, no relation to John Ward. No, uh, although when I met Al Wilson, that was one of the first things he asked me, and I told him no, no relation, and he told me that I should lie and tell people that I am. So, <laughs> the- there are some people that think that I am, and I'm not going to change that. Yeah, and then he dropped uh, probably a few F-bombs and other stuff in there, as Al typically does in conversation. He can be tough to interview on the radio. That darn FCC will get in the way. Uh, well, he he played with a special kind of intensity, so uh, that, that's useful in the right spot. Uh, no word for sure if Josh will change his name to Kessling anytime soon, but I don't think that's going to happen. Can you play four downs with us, Josh, as we talk some Tennessee basketball? It is game day. No. No, he's out. He's good. I'll be happy to. Four downs. Four questions. Four answers. The Dave Hooker Show. Four. 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 Downs. A presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. 
Brought to you by AndyMasonRealEstate.com. Go to AndyMasonRealEstate.com. Fill out the form. You're good to go. Contact them. Give them a call and know that you'll have Knoxville's best realtor. Over 40 years of experience in that office. They bring you four downs. Best price. Best service in the biz. And it's not even close. So here we go. First down. And will the griping matter? So we were having the discussion earlier, Josh. All the griping from FAU saying that Tennessee plays uh, Australian rules football and that sort of thing. I argued it could affect the refs. Caleb argued that it could actually affect Tennessee, make them even tougher. But ultimately, will it matter? What say you? Ultimately, I don't think that it will matter. If Tennessee goes cold and is not able to hit shots, and FAU is able to hit shots because that's going to be a big part of the plan, take a lot of threes, try to make a good amount of them, that would be what moves FAU on. Now, depending on shooting and all that, we could still hear fans say, yeah, but the officiating. But that would be if Tennessee loses. But I don't think that Tennessee is going to lose because of officiating. So uh, it might change the conversation, the narrative, which is a popular word to use this week, but I don't think it'll change reality. I, I, I do agree with the Tennessee side. This conversation the last few days will help Tennessee lock in. If there's any fear of Tennessee lacking focus because now the Vols are the, the big favorite, I don't think that will be the case. Caleb, you pretty much agree with that assessment, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think this is going to help Tennessee more. I think um... – Josh, uh, I was telling Dave, I think I've told him before, I don't know if you know, I'm a hardcore Memphis Grizzlies fan. And during the grit and grind era, when Blake Griffin was flopping and the Grizzlies were called dirty all the time, Zach Randolph finally one day was like, okay, you guys want us to be, you guys want to call us dirty? I'll give you dirty. And he just started punking Blake Griffin. And Blake Griffin has never been the same since. <laughs> and so I think Tennessee is going to start punking people tonight because they're sick of it. Yeah, I, I think I totally agree with the mindset of this Tennessee basketball team. It's a veteran-led team, and I, I, you know, they hit some shots. They scored a good amount of points. Olivia Kemwall, what he was able to do. I think that the conversation that's taken the last, uh, taken place the last few days, could be quite insulting to these players. So their mindset should be: we'll go show you again what we can do. Yeah, you better be careful with that John Morant cat too, Caleb. <laughs> Memphis is not the place to try to pretend to be hood. I just try to, I got to tell Ja that. If I could just tell him one on one, like, you don't need to act like that in Memphis. There's some real people. Does, in that, does that mean you're true hood, Caleb? Is that where we're going? No, here? I'm no, 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 no. But I'm okay. not acting that way. And so, okay. I started to say, I thought, uh, by the way, Josh, for the record, is a noted rapper from his high school days. Can we break off a, a bar or two? I think we need to get to second down, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> is it like max kellerman rapping no i've had people come up to me like no he really used to do that and i was like oh, he lied to me when he was in high school but no he uh jaw ward was the name that I was mean, that was the nickname you were not wrong sick. <laughs> didn't like jaw roll he's too gravelly all right second down uh most important player for the balls tonight is josh you want to jump in uh, I will go Josiah Jordan-James. Uh, we know the players' roles that they have, but I think Josiah, who's slipped off a little bit offensively, at some point is going to be needed to step back up on the offensive end and the way that FAU shoots the ball from the outside. Perimeter defense matters, so all those guys out there, Meshack, Vescovy, the way that they defend in the perimeter is going to matter, but I think it will especially be the case for Josiah. Caleb, what do you think? I shouldn't have let Josh go first. He took the word right out of my mouth. I mean, 
Josh, I'm a uh, Dave hates when I say this, but I'm a law of averages type of guy, and that applies to Josiah Jordan James more than anybody else. Which is, if he has two bad shooting games, he usually has one really, really good one right after that, and he's had two bad shooting games. So I think he's due for like one of those games where he just goes off from three, which he does almost like in a J.R. Smith way offensively. Like once every five games, he's going to do it. And then I'm with you. His perimeter defense has got to be there. A part of that too is dependent on making sure Santiago Vascovi is still hitting his threes. But mm-hmm. if he's hitting his and then Josiah has one of those games, it's a wrap. Tennessee's winning. Yeah, and also, so my backup answer would have been Olivier. He has also made it pretty clear if he plays at a high level, Tennessee's team goes to a higher level too. Uh, would the Vols rather uh, face Michigan State or Kansas State in the Elite Eight? <clears throat> I think probably Michigan State because that's another tough physical team, but Tennessee can think, okay, we'll play them at their game and we're better than them. Uh, Kansas State is uh, it is the higher-seeded team. Michigan State head-to-head is the favorite against Kansas State. And my initial thought going into this week was, yeah, you'd probably rather get Kansas State, but if they get by Michigan State, They've already gotten by that kind of style. So I think you'd rather play a team that plays your game not as good as you. Caleb, your thoughts? I'm going to break with Josh on this. I'm actually going to say Kansas State. And the big reason is I think Tennessee's biggest advantage is teams that can't shoot the three. Now, Michigan State doesn't shoot a lot of threes, but they're really efficient. They're top 10 in three-point percentage, and their bigs can shoot three. So Michigan State is that type of team that can go off from three if they need to, and that's the type of team that plays that Tennessee always – is vulnerable against whereas Kansas state. I mean, they're outside of the top 200 in every three point category. And so I think Tennessee could have their way with Kansas state. That was third down. Let's get to fourth down. It is a possession snap. So it's important. Is Rick Barnes the best coach in Tennessee history with a win? That would be the elite eight. Only Bruce Pearl has done that at Tennessee. So it would match the uh, furthest that Tennessee has gotten in the tournament. Uh, Josh, is Rick Barnes the best coach in UT history with a win? Yes, I think the only thing that has held Rick Barnes back in that conversation is tournament success. You just gave it to him. So he would have multiple Sweet 16s. He would have an Elite Eight run. That's not even considering the opportunity to keep going, which would change the history of the program. So uh, everything that they've done in the regular season, time at number one, time in the top five, it's the the asterisk has been, Okay, well, let's see in the postseason. Well, last year he added an SEC tournament championship for the first time in more than four decades. If he's able to get to the Elite Eight, I don't know what people are going to say negatively about Rick Barnes at Tennessee. Caleb? I'm with Josh and putting him over Bruce Pearl. It's it's hard for me to put him over Ray Mears just because the I put a lot of value on the, on the regular season and unless there's a national championship or final four run, so – if it's an elite eight, I got him second to Ray Maris because three SEC regular season titles, I can't look past in there any Bernie show. But if he gets to a final four, then yeah, I'll have him number one. Yeah, I'm with Caleb on that. I'm a, f- a final four would, would be obviously another level. Um, and Ray Mears did a lot of foundational things for, for Tennessee. And when, when you look at the number of wins, I, I could definitely see it going either way, though, Josh. I, I just wonder for Rick Barnes, and he's never going to admit this, when, when he goes to bed at night and things are quiet and he has an opportunity to think about this season, his career, I don't want to put too much on it, but, man, some tournament success would make his resume look a lot different. If he could have that this year, the two or three years he's got left to coach, it would make that resume look much, much different. 
Well, I, you know, to the Tennessee conversation, we can step out. If he gets two more wins, that might secure Hall of Fame status because Rick Barnes has a good case for the Hall of Fame. If he has multiple Final Fours at multiple schools, 20 years apart, to go with all the wins, he's very respected. I mean, Coach K, in praising Tennessee's performance against Duke, made sure to note that Rick Barnes is one of the great coaches in the country. So if if he's able to add another Final Four to his resume, he becomes a Hall of Fame coach, I think. And I, I think he has a good chance to be there. I think he could lock that spot up with two more wins. I kind of thought, yeah, in my mind, and I could be dead wrong, I've already got him in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Caleb, would you if, – if, if it, the season ended today – would you have him in the basketball? I haven't done enough research on it, but I, I think I probably would, but I'm not sure. But, I mean, I'm with, I'm with Josh on this, and it's funny because I talked to uh, uh, Dave yesterday about Tom Izzo, Josh, and the funny thing is, like, we talk about these amazing coaches in the tournament. Tom Izzo is, like, the prime. It's like, oh, he always makes a run. He's got one national title. That's it. And if it wasn't for that 2000 season, we would be talking about Tom Izzo exactly how we talk about Rick Barnes. And it's that one breakthrough year, and – one breakthrough year changes everything about your narrative as a head coach in college sports. Yeah, it's so hard to do. I mean, Bayheim got one. Dean Smith got a couple. I mean, it, it, like being Shashevsky, being Jim Calhoun, if you're talking about the NCAA tournament, is so difficult. So uh, it does take one, one real chance, and it takes some luck, which also means luck can go against you and cost you that second or even third uh, for some coaches. But – you get one, it changes how you're viewed forever. I mean, that's that's in the NCAA tournament. That's for quarterbacks in the NFL. The the position that gets the spotlight, and that is the college basketball head coach. That is the football coach. That is the quarterback position. There are only a few spots where that's the case, but basketball coaches for sure. So Rick Barnes, yeah, I think he's in that Bob Huggins class in terms of accomplishments. He, he's viewed a tier below uh, and Izzo, who is an older coach who's been around for a long time, or Beheim, who won more games, but he's not that far off. But the difference would be the amount of Final Fours and a national title. I mean, if Tennessee wins a national title, then Rick Barnes all of a sudden shoots up and joins all those other coaches with multiple Final Fours and a national title to go with all the amount of wins he's racked up at multiple schools. And I didn't think about it when I was there at the time, but I went to the College Basketball Hall of Fame last month there wasn't a bit of orange in there. I mean, that I mean, there seriously was not a bit, Josh. I mean, it would be nice to have some representation for Tennessee in the call and in, in the basketball hall of fame. There's not a college and pro, but I don't remember seeing a bit of well, let me take that back. Other than Pat Summit, a ton of Pat Summit on the women's side. But as far as the men's side, I didn't see any orange. Yeah, and that, that is Tennessee's placement in basketball history and in the spectacular. Um, accomplishments would be everything that Pat Summit has done for the game. And, and that's, of course, on the women's side. But that's what I think if you go around the country and you're trying to associate Tennessee athletics with college basketball, they would shift over to the women's side. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the men's side, I, th- I think Bernard King, what he's done, people recognize that, but we're decades removed from what he was able to do. And some may associate him with just his scoring ability and what he had to overcome in the NBA but maybe not as much with Tennessee. He's one of the great scorers of all time in the history of the sport, but it's been a long time since he's played. So they've had great players come along, Allen Houston and Chris Lofton. And, you know, Ron Slay was the SEC player of the year, was a great player. But in terms of we're talking about Hall of Fame, all-time conversation, 
Rick Barnes is he's a couple weeks away from being able to change that conversation in the favor of the Vols. Click on that like button. We greatly appreciate that. It opens us up to more people. Go ahead and like now. And your thoughts on Tennessee's wide receivers headed into this season. I think, Josh, if we looked at it, and Josh had a great breakdown of Tennessee's wide receivers on offthooksports.com. I think that if you said to most programs that you'll lose two guys that could flirt with the first round, um, that your receivers are going to take a step back. I'm not. I'm not sure that's the case with the Josh Heupel offense. Yeah, I don't expect that. Uh, they they may have a step back from one player dominating statistically as Jalen Hyatt did, but the collection could still be really strong, and you could still see Squirrel White in the slot put up big numbers. His Orange Bowl performance indicated that he might have that chance. Not a big guy, but uh, he had big plays in limited time. As a true freshman, Dante Thornton has obvious talent to be able to hit those big plays in this offense. It's just so receiver-friendly, and part of this will be what they get out of Joe Milton at quarterback or Nico if he ends up having to play. But again, there's a benefit of the doubt. So Tennessee's not all that deep at the position in terms of numbers, but they don't play a lot of guys at receiver. So uh, having Brew McCoy come back, Ramel Keaton now having proven that he can make plays, in this offense, and then the talent that is there to take that next step. Offensively, I would expect that they are just fine at receiver. Josh, I've said for a few months now, and Dave's heard me say this, and I want to know your thoughts. I've been so high on Dante Thornton because a 6-5, one Heibel's offense is geared towards slot receivers if they're good. I mean, it's just, it's it's a dream scenario, but a 6-5 guy who can play in the slot, is this like the Warriors adding Kevin Durant? That's been my analogy. It's like you got an elite <laughs> receiver combo and then you got this guy that just could be a better fit than all of them in that situation yeah I mean um from from an offensive standpoint and what they're able to do uh, you know Durant's so special I want to be careful about what we expect out of Thornton but in terms of big plays I mean he's averaging more than 21 yards a catch last year at Oregon so in this offense I just expect that Heupel is going to be able to come up with something that will allow Thornton to shine in this offense and every offseason I'm sure he self-scouts talking about Josh Heupel and figures out, okay, what have we done? What are teams going to try to take away? What can we do differently? Well, if you throw in a 6'5", 200-pound receiver that can run into that offense, that gives you a chance to do something differently with his ability to play inside and out. And yeah, the, the speed last year, like if, if they had a little more confidence maybe in Squirrel because he was still just a true freshman, Hyatt and Squirrel on the field at the same time could be such a dynamic now you have dylan sampson who also can factor into this conversation from a speed standpoint cameron selden who we don't know much about yet but he's a true freshman who could play it in running at the running back position could line up at receiver i think they have more speed elements to work with in the offense so that's why it can come back to the whole conversation of what what this offense will do but i'll be shocked and i think you will be as well if dante thornton doesn't have several wow plays this season in tennessee's offense okay so at the end of the day who has more receiving yards? Who has more catches? Who's the better receiver, Thornton or Squirrel White? Caleb, you want to go first? I know you're a big Thornton guy. Yeah, I'm going to go Thornton. I like Squirrel. <laughs> I, I, I like Squirrel, but like a, a 6'5 slot guy. I don't care if it isn't, even if it's not Hybels offense, a 6'5 guy you can line up in the slot when you got Ramel Keaton and Bruce McCoy on the other sides. This is insane. I'm taking squirrel, Josh. I think a year in the system to learn that at the slot is a big deal, but Caleb says I'm absolutely wrong. Well, I think the statistics will have a good chance to be broken up 
across the the wide receiver room this year. So total receptions, I might go squirrel because I could see a lot of quick throws to him with his ability to try to break through uh, those blocks and pick up yards after the catch. Thornton, I think, will lead the team in yards per catch. Total yards, uh, I think it'll be close. I might lean Thornton on that side. Touchdowns could be Thornton, could be Brew McCoy. So I think that this could be spread out a lot. But I just, having already seen Squirrel shine both as a a big play down the field guy and a volume receiver as he was in the Orange Bowl, yeah, I just, I kind of, I kind of lean his direction because I've already seen him, but I don't mean that to take away from what Thornton will be able to do in this offense. I think both guys could be pretty prolific this year. Uh, Benjamin says it'll be squirrel. So thank you for backing me on that. Uh, Ben, I just for the, the panel here, what if Tennessee got to a point that they would do mass substitutions and wide receiver? Cause Josh, you mentioned that they don't play a lot of receivers and they don't, but the way they handle their tight ends has always been, one drive, one player, one drive, one player. It was Fant and Warren last year. I'm not saying they're going to do that receivers, but what if they could go into one drive, mass sub the receivers, and still be as effective? To me, that would keep a lot of guys fresh. They haven't had that depth to this point, though, Josh. I just don't expect that until we see that kind of move. I mean, last year at the beginning of the season, it was the Pittsburgh games. Like, well, Ramel Keaton just not needed at all. And then all of a sudden he has to take over a starting role when Cedric Tillman goes down and Keaton was ready and he stepped up and he has one of the more underrated catches of the season, that long play down the right sideline against Florida to set up that touchdown at the end of the drive. I just, you know, you have a kind of new starting quarterback in Joe Milton. He's, he's officially taking over that role. At least that would be the expectation. So are you, do you feel like you're throwing off chemistry? If you're doing mass substitution, you have different guys out there in different drives. So uh, I, I think four to five guys would be my expectation. We'll see what other guys do elsewhere. Like Walker Merrill, I think, was a solid player. Uh, Jimmy Callaway had uh, obvious ability. I, I think the coaching staff obviously lacked confidence in him. Uh, he's ready to throw hands, but was he ready to do what the coaches wanted? I don't know. So I agree that this this receiving core is probably deeper in terms of players that they feel like they can trust, depending on what – Second-year guys, Caleb Webb, Chaz Nimrod, and then freshman Nathan Laycock uh, is able to do as a uh, true freshman. They love his ability. So, you know, I don't, I don't know yet, but my guess is that they're relying on four, maybe five guys until I see otherwise. Caleb, I don't think I've asked Josh. Who, who do you think – Josh, who do you think starts at quarterback in October for Tennessee? Because I've gone out on a limb here. I'm saying this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Oh, he's talking down to us. N- Nico. Yeah. Nico is saying that guy. You're not saying it until you step up and show a little chest willing to say his name yourself. Uh, he's saying it. Please, please uh, say it one more time. Yeah. All right. I think I got it. And I seriously have had to listen to it like 18 times to get it. But he is talking down to me because I need to be talked down to Josh. Yeah, I, that I agree with. We're we're in sync now. But uh, I'm sticking with Joe. I, I'm buying in to him being improved and understanding in the offense. I also look at the schedule in the first month, and at Florida is going to be tough, but I don't think Virginia will be. You have a couple of cupcakes around that. Um, could I be wrong? Could it be Nico at some point and 
and Joe takes a step back from what we saw in the Orange Bowl, sure. Uh, but I'm buying into Joe being the guy in this offense and him having a good season for Tennessee. Josh, you throw heat as always, noon to three on the Sports Animal. Keep it up. We appreciate it, and um, we'll talk to you soon. Yep, fun as always. Thanks, hey, guys. Josh. He's Josh hey, Ford. Portions of the program brought to you by Zool Beer. Go to xulbeer.com. Worldwide award-winning craft beer at zulbeer.com and parking downtown. You don't hear that a lot. Parking downtown for zulbeer.com and a fantastic panoramic view of the city you'll love zool beer xul beer.com so be sure and check it out in uh, two minutes we're back with you and the thing i want to get into is why tennessee got dissed by espn and future quarterback power rankings they barely make the top 10 who is better than the vols who seem to be in a pretty good position to me more after this It'll be what the H. Stay tuned off the sports. Sun, sand, and salt water. The beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK vision correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasty Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasty, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Hey folks, Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. Is about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Chattanooga, we're at it again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us best of the best criminal and DUI law firm. And finalists for best law firm and best personal injury firm. Thank you for the love, Chattanooga. We won't let you down. Our family has been creating jewelry since 1986. Each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard! The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. By the way, when I was at the College Basketball Hall of Fame, if there had been the committee there to decide who gets in, 
not the College Basketball Hall of Fame, the Basketball Hall of Fame, the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. They would have just put me in because I was nailing it, Caleb, from the field. They've got a court there you can shoot when you're done with the tour. Nailing it. Really? You were feeling it? I was feeling feeling the flow. I swear to you, I'm not kidding, though. I, I shot so well that I think they made the rim slightly bigger to make you feel better about your experience at the Basketball Hall of Fame. I swear to you, I'm not even joking. I, I could see that. It's, I, it's, mean, I mean, just an inch would change things tremendously. Like the rumors that when you go to the uh, when you go to Vegas, the casinos at the very the slots at the very front of the hotel have better payouts initially. You're more likely to win those because they want to rope you in for a minute. Yes, or the restrictor plates were an eighth of an inch bigger for Dale Earnhardt Jr. after Dale Earnhardt Sr. passed away. That was the other one that you couldn't even see with your eyeballs. Did um, not know that. <laughs> yeah, that it allowed more fuel into the engine. So, but I was a shooter, and there's no question about it. Shooter, shoot. Um, and I continue to take my shots. Continue. Alabama knows that. What's that? I said Alabama knows that. I'm sorry. Horrible joke. Horrible Zero. joke. That's terrible. Who do I hate now on the message board? Oh, everyone's sleeping on Bazooka Joe. I don't <laughs> hate Bazooka Joe. I love him. I'm going to get a jersey that says Bazooka on the back. Speaking actually, of shooters. Yeah. That actually is a thought. Boy, I bet, I bet he was a fantastic basketball player, like a backyard basketball player with his physical ability. Ouch. I wonder how he would have been as a pitcher. Could you imagine how intimidating Joe Milton would be throwing a fastball when you're at the plate? And not as tall, but it makes me think of Randy Johnson a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. Randy Johnson. <laughs> um, Milton is is that dude. He he might be. I hope he is. I hope nothing but the best. And I hear great things about him. It's time for What the H? And it's brought to you by Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Hot. What the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. It's brought to you by Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han. Look at me. No glasses. No contacts. I can see far away and close. It is incredible. Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han with your vision correction. There's nobody that does it like them in the Knoxville area because they're local. And they can do cataract surgery as well, LASIK like they did for me, and they have the vision centers that will take care of you. Local, local, local. Again, I mean local. All right, so Tennessee rated as number eight in the overall ESPN quarterback poll. And this is from Adam Rittenberg, who uh, I worked with at, at one point. I think Adam does a, a fantastic job for those of you that thinks it, it might have so, some sort of agenda. He covers the Big Ten a lot, but I've never seen any sort of agenda out of him. So your initial thoughts on Tennessee being eighth in the ESPN quarterback poll before I give you a little bit of a breakdown as to why they're eighth, Caleb. I think this is sacrificing quality for quantity. I think there is this idea that Joe Milton's a senior and after that, all they have is Nico on the roster. So he couldn't bring himself to put them any higher. I don't think that's right because one, he, he gave point. He, you could tell he, his criteria was quality of quarterbacks, returning starters and quantity. He, he put all those three things in there and Tennessee lost points for not having quantity because they only have two, but they also lost points for not having a, not having a returning starter. 
But Joe Milton is more experienced than any other team without a return, any other quarterback that's not a returning starter on this list. I mean, he started four games so far for Tennessee, and he also started a lot for Michigan in the past. So I'm, I'm not buying that. And I think the thing that sticks out to me the most that I think was just annoying to look at was Alabama at number five. Like, you can believe in Ty Simpson all day, but the only guy that's back for Alabama right now that we've seen play is Jalen Milrow, and he's awful. I mean, he's legitimately horrible. They shouldn't be in the top ten. And as you mentioned, there's no track record with Simpson. So to, to go through this list, USC, Southern California, I mean, you can't argue with that. They've got Caleb Williams, the Heisman Trophy winner. So, I mean, I see that. It doesn't really matter who's second and then ohio state comes in at second and this is without cj stroud now this is where knowing the big 10 might affect somewhat your judgment if you're adam and because he knows who's who the backup quarterback situation is going to be and we'll see if they go recruiting or the portal uh kyle mccord is likely to start he's espn's uh, number 31 overall prospect in 2021 uh, we'll see. Ryan Day also brought in a Devin Brown, who was a top 100 prospect in 2022 class. But uh, to, to me, not only this, but also Caleb, having seen Joe Milton in Michigan, maybe this affects Adam's ranking a little bit because I mean, two and eight are pretty far apart for both teams that are replacing an award winning quarterback possible but i think any quarterback playing under jim harbaugh is going to be different than a quarterback playing under josh heupel mm-hmm. and i mean that's that's not even a knock on jim harbaugh or on his style it's harbaugh is somewhat in a different way can be a quarterback whisperer because he develops quarterbacks for the nfl but in terms of scheming i mean oh my gosh like you would much rather be playing for josh heupel in college <laughs> and so oh, great. Not even close. Well, i think you could make a strong argument that you would take uh nico and joe over whoever Ohio state puts out there and they seem to be a little bit uncertain. So let's go through the rest of the list, Caleb, if you can run me down three through seven and I'll just give you my honest take, Would I take Nico or Joe. So who's, who's at number three. All right. So at number three, we got Oklahoma. And the reason they're number three is because of returning starter Dylan Gabriel, but they were awful last year. So I think that's a ridiculous, I think that's ridiculously high. I will tell you completely objective. I have, no dog in the fight. I would take Tennessee's duo over Oklahoma's. All right, who's fourth? Fourth is Georgia, which is kind of like, look, we have our issues with Stetson Bennett and his behavior and his personality, but this is still, it seems to be undervaluing Stetson Bennett. It seems like, oh, it's not a big deal that he's gone. And I, I don't get that. Well, and let's remember Stetson Bennett was very good throughout the game, but an absolute dog in the fourth quarter if you can dislike Stetson Bennett all you want but what he did in the fourth quarter was nothing short of phenomenal so I have I have trouble buying that one uh, either again like as you pointed out Joe you have some experience and Nico you have tremendous upside so uh, who is next so I would take Tennessee for the record yeah so after Georgia was Alabama I think we broke them down pretty well because again ty simpson is no known commodity jalen milrow is not only is he a known commodity he's known awful like he's bad he, he should be a negative for you and so yeah, he's not a good cat yeah um 
apologies to Jalen. I have no idea about his character. I'm sure he's a really nice guy. Jerry's a fantastic individual. Yeah, just can't play quarterback in the SEC. Sorry. Yeah, he um, was rather alongside, uh, alongside John Calipari washing the feet of some third world country that suffered a earthquake years ago. He's a great guy. <laughs> yes very 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 nice guy um number six is michigan they do return jj mccarthy but i mean i mean do you it's not about the quarterback at michigan that's that's what's throwing me off for them to be number six okay but i would take jj mccarthy i would take the given i can i can see that argument let's put it that way okay um, i can see that argument um could could joe milton accuracy issues crop up again and Nico not be ready. Yes. I could, I could see that being a possibility. Whereas I think Michigan, they're not going to have a prolific quarterback, but they'll have a solid quarterback. That's a good way to put it. So who else is in front of Tennessee? And the one that's in front that honestly, they are in very similar situations is Texas, Mm. which is Texas has Quinn Ewers, which is their Joe Milton. And then they also have Arch Manning, which is their Nico Iamaleava. And, I think that I think of the two, you'd rather be Tennessee because I watched enough Quinn Ewers last year. Quinn, am I pronouncing his name right? Right, I'm sorry. Yes, you are. Quinn Ewers. Okay. Uh, I, I watched enough of him last year. I saw I saw enough of him. It, 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 I don't believe in him. I, I think that Arch Manning is going. This is why I said I think Arch Manning probably starts before Nico because I, I just. But see, I, here's I my argument. And again, people in the message board are going to get upset that I'm anti-Joe. If I'm basing this off the complete volume of work, the Orange Bowl is a part of that. It's not the only thing. So when I base it off that, I've had, I've seen accuracy issues. December the 31st, everybody would have agreed with me. He had a great game in the Orange Bowl. I think teams are going to defend him a little bit different. They did Hendon Hooker. I think they're going to defend over the middle and the slants and the digs and all those sorts of things because he's more accurate on intermediate passes. But this offense does not click if they're not hitting, I think you picked the number out, three deep balls a game. Just not. So that that is why I still have questions about Joe Milton because I can tell you within a month that you're going to see defenses rock up and make him hit the deep ball, and they're going to play – the intermediate routes. And that's where I think we'll really see what Joe Milton is. All right. Let's, let's take this to an, let's break this down a little bit because I, I, I think that Milton is better than we're giving him credit for on hitting the deep ball now because we watched him. Did we he? watched him. In my, yes. I think he's much better than he was in 2021. We so, watched him. I don't know. We watched him last year in mop up duty and he hit squirrel white quite a few times for a few deep balls. And I think he hit Jimmy holiday one time for a deep ball. Now again, that was a mop-up duty. That was against the other team's backups. But I think that's I think we're overrating on whether on it being against the backups because when you're having trouble on it in, in Josh Heibel's offense, the receiver's getting open no matter what. So the question is just can you or can you not hit the deep ball? It has nothing to do with the other team's defense whatsoever. I don't think that matters at all. And I think that we saw him hitting it last year and in the Clemson game. He, they did blow to sleep one point, and he hit Squirrel White for a beautiful deep pass that got down to the one yard line. I think Milton. I think we're. I think I actually think the opposite's going to happen. I think they're going to play him the way Clemson played him last year. I do, and the reason I think that is, the problem is his accuracy is still not great. So once he gets into the 30, 35 yard line mark to try to score, 
it's a little bit more difficult to for him to throw the ball. And if you notice, there were a lot of drives that Tennessee couldn't finish in that game against Clemson. We forget that because there were a few times they scored. I thought more than anything their defense played well, and they, they snuffed out a few attempted trick plays by Clemson, that notable fake field goal that they did. I think this year what you're going to see is a lot of let you get your yards between the 20s. There's going to be a lot of letting Tennessee get their yards between the 20s or between the 30s. And I, I think it might be tough for Milton to – I think the question for Milton is once you get to like the 30 yard line, okay, can he, can he, and the defense is tightened up. There's no deep ball at that point. So can he, and so you can, all you have to do is guard the middle and can he then make some passes to, to convert for a touchdown? That's going to be the, the difficult part. I, I like him in the red zone because of his arm strength. Um, and I think it's going to be really difficult to pick balls off when they're coming to about 110 miles an hour. I think there's a very distinct possibility for those, again, that say I'm anti-Joe, <clears throat> a very, very distinct possibility and a real possibility that it turns out that Josh Heupel is a great quarterback's coach in terms of specifically coaching how to throw the deep ball. Because Hendon Hooker went from, I thought, an average deep ball thrower in 2021 to throwing one of the best deep balls that I have ever seen in 2022. By the end of the year... He was right up there with the best I've ever seen. And Chris Landry, who we've had on, who is a, a scout and been an assistant coach in college, he said the same thing. So I think there's a really good chance. And the footwork's simplified. I understand that. But I think there's a good chance that Josh Heupel is such a great quarterback coach that he simplifies things and Joe Milton will turn into a great deep ball thrower. That's the case. My prediction of Nico in October is completely off and stupid in retrospect, but I think there's a real possibility. I'm with you. I think that's what's going to happen. I think the question becomes, I think, I wonder if the clock's reset on playing Tennessee in general. I wonder if the clock's reset for, forget whether or not it's Joe or Nico or Hendon. Do you play the style that Clemson played against Tennessee last year, where you leave things open over the middle and play as soft coverage as possible? Now, I know they can run the ball. I, I understand Tennessee can run it down your throat if you do that, so you got to make sure you have a good enough defensive line and linebackers that can fill the gaps. But, you know, bring five guys, play everybody else soft, let Tennessee get their yards between the 30s, and then comes the question – I mean, could Tennessee all of a sudden have the, have, a, have a bad red zone offense? I don't mean turn the ball over, but will they be forced to kick a lot of field goals? And look, this was a thing with Steve Spurrier back in the day. Like you've talked about, John Chavis said he knew Spurrier was too pass happy. There became a philosophy of let Florida get their yards because once they get close to the red zone, they're not going to be able to spread the field as much and they're not going to be able to score as easily. And there were a lot of games. That last home game with Spurrier at Florida, Tennessee beat him because Florida had to kick a lot of field goals. Yep. I'm not I'm not worried about that at all, though, with Josh Heupel. I think he does value running the football. Now, could they if, – if the only way you're going to beat Tennessee along those lines of what you laid out there is that you're going to have to give up some yards and you're going to have to bone up and be tougher in the red zone. I think that's the only possible solution for the coming years. But I don't think Josh Heupel will get away from running the football. I don't. I don't think that'll be the case. But we shall see. I mean, everybody gets figured out at some point. I just think Tennessee's offense is at least three or four years down the line before uh, getting uh, figured out. So, uh, prediction for the game. Madison Square Garden, Tennessee, FAU. 
it is officially the Kiffin Classic in the Big Apple. I didn't. He didn't respond to my tweet, by the way. It's frustrating. Uh, Smoky Mountain Red said everyone but Tennessee and Tennessee fans doesn't realize how much we ran the ball this past year. Well, there, there's some truth to that. All right. So before we get there, it's not all just about running when you get inside the thirty. You actually have to be successful in the intermediate passing game when passes are a lot more covered. Then we there's a lot more coverage in the intermediate passing game inside the thirty yard line too. And I'm not saying the red zone. I'm not saying twenty. I'm saying once you hit the thirty, you have to be able to do that. So you're expanding the red zone. Is that a new orange zone we have? <laughs> I, I say the thirty because the thirty, the deep balls for Tennessee all go about forty five yards in the air. So there's no deep ball advantage once you hit the thirty yard line. And so that's why I, I say I, I guess I could say red zone to be easier. But yeah, I, I think the intermediate passing game, it's not just having to run the ball. The intermediate passing game is much better covered once you get in the red zone. Pink and Fair enough. All right, Tennessee tonight. Who do you like in the Kiffin Classic? I think Tennessee has heard enough of this week of their dirty play. I think FAU talked a little bit too much. I think Josiah Jordan James is due for a breakout game. I got Josiah Jordan James going off for 20 points. Yep. Getting his 15. Tennessee wins 78 to 70. Wow. So that's a lot of points for the Vols. I think it's going to be one. It's going to be one of those random games where they just shoot the other team out the gym because Tennessee is capable of that every now and then. <laughs> I'll take seventy-two fifty-eight. I don't remember the spread, um, so I think that would uh, cover it. Uh, Smoky Mountain Red says, "If we rebound, we win." Travis says, "Agree with that." And I would say this: I think the officials are going to try to call it closer early. I think they tried to do that against Duke, to be quite honest with you, and I don't think it worked out because Tennessee's willing to throw their depth at fouls. And I think you're going to see that. Daniel agrees with me. appreciate you getting on board, Daniel. Get ready for quick whistles tonight. FAU player and a coach, ESPN Talking Heads, everyone pushing this narrative. Totally agree. If you haven't hit the thumbs up button, we greatly appreciate that. Brings more people in the channel. If you haven't subscribed, be sure and do that. We've got Jake Warren and Cooper Mays coming up probably today, maybe tomorrow. Offthehooksports.com for the written word. Hope you appreciate that. And don't forget... We got the app. We've got uh, the podcast on all all channels, Spotify, Apple, so you can find us easy peasy. Set the notifications on. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. <laughs>